Yo, 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 what up, baby? Welcome back to another episode of Football Without Hesitation. As usual, it's Oz here, your host. Your host with the most. Dude, I'm sitting right next to, I have four pens to the left of me, dude. I am a note machine at the moment. Anything goes down, I'm writing it all down. But anyway, welcome to Football Without Hesitation. We're talking San Jose earthquakes. We're talking MLS. We're talking everything, man. Well, not everything. American soccer is what I tend to stick to. Uh, if you don't subscribe yet, like I always tell you, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all those places are the easiest. Go there, find find the podcast, download it there. You got it. Every week, or not every week, whenever it comes out. Whenever it comes out, it'll be there. It'll say new episodes, boom, you hit play. I'm in your ear. What's up? Can you hear me in your ear right now? Um. So, yeah. And, and here we are. It's it's still January. Dude, this is this offseason is outrageous. There's got to be some kind of tournament in the offseason, right? Like, I get it. It's fucking snows in uh, Minnesota and all this shit. In Toronto, it gets cold in the winter. But there's got to be some kind of tournament or something, at least for the teams that are going to Champions League. Like, maybe, dude, just play some USL teams or something, something before the actual season. This offseason is too long. It's too... I mean, it literally, that's the joke. It's been since last year, haha, since there's been MLS. But, dude, it's been since fucking, like, November? This is outrageous. Um, and the, you can't blame the weather that much, but bring it back, motherfuckers. And we still have an, a, another month. We have another month before the, the MLS regular season starts. Luckily, we have uh, CONCACAF Champions League a little bit before that, so something, you know, we could get some some something out of our system. Uh anyway, yeah. Before we get into this, uh, again, football without hesitation at FWH podcast on Instagram, FWH podcast on Twitter. Um yeah, subscribe, baby. Subscribe will be there every week when the season starts. Unless they implement my fucking tournament system. Um, but, dude, no. I'm, I, the reason I'm recording this, obviously, is we got news, baby. We got news. I wouldn't just show up just to talk and be like, hey, how can I fill 30 minutes? I could easily fill 30 minutes, but there is shit to talk about. And, obviously, honestly, the, the biggest Quakes news of the moment, jersey sponsor. Boom. Boom. Everybody wanted a jersey sponsor. Well, not everybody. There's some people that are like, oh, no, man. I like the original, no no sponsor or anything, which, again, I don't mind. Don't get me wrong. Uh, a sports jersey without a sponsor, I don't hate that. In uh, When it comes to Major League Soccer, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with the sponsor just because money. You know, unfortunately, you know, most of that probably does go to the owner, but some of it should go to the team. It, it, no matter what, it's it's going to make it better. So anyway, the, the Quakes did get a new jersey sponsor for this season, uh, Intermedia Cloud Communications. Intermedia Cloud Communications. A very, that's a great Bay Area, Silicon Valley name. I like it. 
I like it. You know, you got to stick with what you know, intermediate cloud communications. And then reading about what they do, it's kind of like what Avaya does, you know, fucking phone services, uh, email kind of deals, uh, tech shit, you know. If you ever call a big company and it says, oh, dial number three for this, intermediate cloud communications probably has something to do with it. But they they, they got the, the Jersey sponsorship was, dude, again, I, I understand the purist. I would like nothing, uh, keep corporations out of this, but money, we need money. And that's a good one. I, I believe it was three years. Obviously, they're not going to say how much. But um, MLS sponsorships are going up. <laughs> you know, and the, the prices of those are going up. Granted, no, you know, no disrespect to the, the team that obviously we all love is the Quakes, but they are not the most glamorous, sexiest team. So they probably don't command the biggest dollars. But it, it's a lot more than fucking ten years ago. Who who was a sponsor ten years ago? I don't know. Um, but the cool thing also what came out of that is they were talking about a, a possible sleeve sponsor as well, which that drove people even crazier, but money, more money, dude. I, I, at, again, at the rate that MLS is growing and how much these teams can command, and especially in the Bay Area, <laughs> dude, in, in the Bay Area, several million dollars doesn't mean as much as several million dollars in, in say Austin or, you know, Fort Lauderdale or, or, or Kansas City or, or whatever the hell. And, and again, not, not to fucking belittle the cities, great cities, I, you know, never been to any of them, but I'm, I'm fucking, I assume they're fucking dope, dope cities. But, um, but it's again, the, 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 there's just so much fucking money in the goddamn, in the fucking Bay Area that, um, you you should be able to find somebody to to put up some cash. Fuck, dude. But the big thing, the big one, the stadium. Now, like I said, intermediate cloud communications seems to do what Avaya kind of did. They they I don't know if they're competitors, but reading into into what they did, it, it looks like like a similar type shit. And if you're not aware, Avaya Stadium is. Not Avaya Stadium anymore. It is now Earthquake Stadium. The Avaya logos have been taken off, um, which was it, it, it. We knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. Um, Avaya filed for bankruptcy, which doesn't mean they're going to dissolve. I mean, when when it comes to big ass companies like that, that just means that like the workers get fucked and the people in charge. You know, they have to take a vacation for a while and then they come back and then they get paid a lot of money again, which is fucking cool for them. But the name is off of the stadium. And every dude, what did you call it? Like that I I um I, I I'm with I I'm with a lot of people on this. Now I don't think everybody again, not everybody's on this, but it it when stadiums have a name, just a nickname. And it's not just because of soccer, not just because, oh, this is how they do it in England or whatever. Dude, it, it's like that everywhere. The garden. You say the garden, you know? Even in San Jose, the shark tank. You say the fucking shark tank. It, it doesn't matter what the corporate branding is. 
of SAP Center. I think it's is it still the SAP Center, but it's the Shark Tank. If you see the Shark Tank, it doesn't matter. HP Pavilion, SAP Center, whatever it was before that. Um, it's always the Shark Tank. Uh, candlestick, you know, the stick. It was the stick. No matter what, 3M, uh, Monster, Cable, whatever, all these people, they, they all changed it. But it was the stick. It was always the stick. You would always just say candlestick. Candlestick, the stick, you knew what it was. You didn't have the, you know, what what the fuck's the Warriors place called right now? Chase, Chase Arena or something? I don't know. And then four years is going to be called something else. Four years is going to be called something else. It's never going to be a historic thing, you know? And um, so, yeah, so so I, I could see how a lot of people were just like, okay, well, what the fuck's am I going to be called? We got to we gotta come up with a name for it. It'd be cool, you know, to come up with this its own kind of separate branding. And uh, the epicenter has been pushed there. But the epicenter, I don't think, is going to work because the team themselves, they like to call that little lawn area right by the bar and where all the food trucks hang out. They call that the epicenter. So I, that's going to be tough for the, the team to turn around and be like, all right, we're calling this whole thing that. Granted, it is it is a natural name. Oh, here's that. This isn't even in my notes. This is not in my notes. I'm adding this on the fucking fly as I'm recording. But okay, dude. Look up the history of that area of where Avaya Stadium is built. It used to be a fucking tank facility. Or not tank, but armor, armored personnel carriers. APCs. Ugh. The M2 Bradley, I think they called it. But yeah, it was at least a Bradley. I don't think they actually made, I don't know, they might have even made the Bradley fighting vehicle there as well, which is the tank version of it. Either way, they made that shit right there on the grounds of where they built Avaya. So here's my, why is nobody making any connection to this tank thing? Fucking battalion, tough shit. The M2 Bradley is one of the most legendary fucking vehicles in the in military history i mean they've been making this shit for like 50 years i mean i don't know if they're still making it but for a big part of that time they made them in santa clara or san jose i mean that's the border of santa clara and san jose that's how big that property is this part of it is in santa clara a little fucking chunk of it but anyway the bulk of it is in san jose they used to make those fucking tanks there. They made those tanks there. And I, how the, the team doesn't <laughs> connect that history or use that history blows my fucking mind. It, 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 it's such a dope. The reason there's a fucking train fucking tracks right there is that's where they used to build the tanks, put them on the train tracks, ship them out to fucking war. Defending America and all this shit. I don't know. I, you got to put one of those tanks up by Avaya or God damn it. By Earthquake Stadium. I'm sorry, San Jose Earthquakes. Please don't sue me. Avaya's <laughs> like, fuck yeah, we got more money. Um, but anyway, yeah, what do you think? 
huh? If you're listening to this, so what, what would you call that? The epicenter? Are you going with everybody? Or are we, are we going to fight for that? But it doesn't sound that cool, to be honest. I don't know. To me personally, the epicenter. I guess because I, you know, if you grow up in earthquake country or where there's earthquakes all the time, like the epicenter is not, you just hear that all the time. It's not a really, it's not a cool place. Because the closer you are to the epicenter, the more your shit's all fucked up. And, um, so yeah, I'm pretty cool with it being just that two acre area where the fucking food trucks hang out. But. If you, if you were to call the stadium, so what would it be? What the fuck would it be? Huh? The epicenter, like I just said. The fault zone. The Shake Shack, the Shake Shack dude. The fucking Shake Shack. That shit, I mean, uh, I guess Shake Shack might still exist, but that just sounds kind of cool. It's in the Shake Shack with that in, in Greece when they're doing... The, the last song, don't, when they're going back and forth, aren't they in, in the thing called the Shake Shack? I don't know. I'll look like, I got to look that up. But what would you call it? And it doesn't matter because that doesn't bring money. It, that's why, that's why it, it would be cool to, to have it, this, its own nickname, you know, the Matchbox or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, because at that point, it doesn't matter, like, whoever the highest bidder is, fucking sell that shit to them. Oh, fucking Twinkie Airlines wants to offer $20 million a year. Fucking sign that shit. Call it Twinkie Airlines Stadium. But if it has its own cool, unique nickname, then, you know, nobody will refer to it as that. But you'll still get the money. Boom. There you go. Business lesson by Oz. Free. Just listening to football with hesitation. <laughs> um, no, but anyway, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully they find a a, a good stadium. Like I said, I, I I dude, I hate to I hate to say it this way, but I, I really don't care who the fuck it is. I don't give a fuck about the name or whatever, I, I, as long as it's the most money possible and the team invests it back or the front office invests it back into the team and to making the team more competitive. That's all I, all I care. It could be fucking dumb, dumb airways <laughs> for all, all I give a fuck. If, if that money if it's a you know good amount of money that's going to be reinvested back into the team to make the team more competitive in a league that is going crazy competitive all of a sudden what the fuck people are just spending millions of dollars and just buying these players just take oh my god i'll bring this up later when when this fucking this Mexican dude just joined Galaxy and that everybody's making a big deal of and uh, I want I want to bring that up. Um but anyway, before I get to that um cuz because of that like I said teams are making holy shit it's an arms race. There's an arms race going on in MLS right now. It's not as crazy as it's going to get. This is the this is kind of I don't know. The, the teams are spending this much money the collective bargaining agreement ends in seven days 
uh, at the time of this recording. And how, how can you have an off season of spending like that and not increase the salary cap substantially? How can you not allow the teams to spend much more money? It, uh, people are obviously showing up, but a- as competitive as the league is getting, when it comes to the national level, people don't give a shit. Nobody's Nobody in uh, California is going to watch fucking Real Salt Lake versus Orlando City. Which, I mean, it's kind of an interconference, kind of weird anyway. But anyway, nobody's going to give a fuck. Unless it's what's at the bar and they can't change the channel. But uh, but they probably won't pay attention. So uh, that's what the league needs to fucking figure out right now. Like, dude, this people are showing up. People are interested. Billionaires are obviously interested. People are sp- are spending three hundred. Was it three hundred million dollars? Some kind of fucking insane amount to join the league. Y- you have to let these teams fucking open up the wallets, and and yeah, and be able to build these rosters that are deep enough that that when you start CONCACAF Champions League a month before your league starts, that your team will be competitive. You know, and we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's so crazy. We're just, we're, I'm just here, you know, talking, oh, this is going to be a great season or whatever, but we very well may have a fucking work stoppage in, in in soccer or in MLS if it doesn't work in soccer. Fucking all of a sudden we're the only ones that matter. But if they can't figure it out, they it may not. I They've already said that even if they cannot figure out the collective bargaining agreement by the deadline, that the CONCACAF Champions League's matches will go on. So we know at least that. And that's also, uh, to me, that that's kind of a positive sign. If the players were really that upset, they'd be they'd probably come out and say, eh, I don't know about all that. But, I mean, I, I guess that that's kind of a, a good thing. Anyway. <laughs> um, well, the reason I, I bring that up because... People are wondering, are the Quakes, okay, who's the Quakes going to sign next? What's the big name? All, all these teams, they've been doing record signings. You see all this left and right, record signing, record signing. Fuck. All these names, like, damn, that's a pretty good name. That's a young young player. And the Quakes aren't doing any of that. Well, Looks like I mean nobody. I don't think anybody should get their hopes up. <laughs> it look, this is this is the Quakes roster. Go 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 to sjearthquakes.com right now. Look at the roster. That's what the team is going to go with, at least for the summer. I mean, if the summer comes and it's a fucking shit show, then we'll see. But uh, Jesse said, you know, he's like, dude. This is a kind of, you know, an aggressive, aggressive training, aggressive, you know, kind of play that 
Almeida runs and you can't bring in people late. What, you know, was that a kind of, you know, t- talking about Fierro or, or Rios? I don't know. But he, he made it pretty clear that it was like, this is it. We're, we're not bringing in people later on. The team, the roster that we have now is the roster that we're taking to Cancun. And that's the roster that we're going to go with from, uh, on opening day. February 29th against Toronto FC. And my question there, and, and this is where I'm, I'm not smart enough or I don't know the league well enough to know this. And um, my question is, is that roster strong enough to compete in the, in the Western Conference, especially with a new team being added in Nashville FC this season? Can't it, it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, um, it, it's a solid. It's a solid roster. I mean, last season we saw what was capable. They they were in in the playoffs until the final match, and they just ran out of gas. They could not win in the last three months, two months, for the life of them. But. They they ran out of gas. You could tell they were not ready. The last season when they first went to Cancun and then straight out of Cancun they went to Reno, they already looked gassed. And it took them a couple months to figure it out, and then the late late um, spring and then all through the summer, they were at one point probably the best team in the league. And then it just fell apart. So that that very same roster that that fell apart at the end, can they can they you know bring themselves up? And these these are I mean these I mean, you look at it these some of these players are getting older you know obviously Wando the, looks like this is last season Shea Salinas I don't think Shea Salinas will ever slow down <laughs> but he's He's got a lot more, a lot more miles on those legs. Graham Kashia also, you know, getting getting older. Erickson, all these dudes. Um, there is a lot of youth. That dude, dude. I mean, these new signings. Uh, damn, ah, I didn't Brown. I didn't write them up there, but, um. The new signings, the Quakes signed three new three new players in the draft. And if you look at them, well, obviously that dude from Stanford, what was his name? Gleason, Gleason or something. Um, he's just, what? And obviously in the U.S., when you see highlights, they're always going to be offensive highlights. But this dude takes set pieces. This dude is, or you know, on other free kicks, he's he's this tall guy in in the box, or you know, in the play, in the way, jumping up, getting ahead on there. Um, the other dude they got, I think, from North Carolina, the guy that they got in the second round. They had the first first pick in the second round, uh, I believe. Again, they got a midfielder 
from North Carolina and you see that dude's highlights and that fool is fucking fast. <laughs> that dude is fast. He's fast and, and raw. It's, um, dude, Syed Haji. Um, I don't, if, uh, I don't know if that's how we pronounce it exactly, but it, it's exactly like that. That he is, he is built to be part of this Almeida system. This dude eats fast as fuck, has these amazing technical abilities, but it's it's kind of one of those where like, um, what kind of movie? Like it, it kind of it, every sports movie, at least a, a lot of baseball movies, you know, there's this guy that has this amazing fastball that can't control it. And then somehow somebody gets into his head and then teaches him how to control it. And he just becomes unstoppable. Well, like, God, ah, dude, when you see some of these play, I, I, again, you will, Haji, this kid from North Carolina is just like, fuck, they got these fucking super raw talents. But because of how, I don't know, I mean, you know, if it's how, how the, American soccer system is built, you know, that then nobody really was able to hone those skills. Um, but but anyway, I, I see I see those signings. I, they make sense. Uh, the, those those signings that the Quakes made. Almeida likes fucking fast players that can make creative decisions on their own. He likes players that like to go straight into a fucking 1v2 situation and try to pirouette and come out the other side. He loves that kind of shit. And uh, the players that he got fit, fit right into that. So anyway, there it is, dude. Quakes aren't going to sign any big name, dude. I... I, I I don't know if it's <laughs> I, I, I keep stuttering on it. I want to say yeah, hell yeah, this is Almeida. He's gonna have his second season. He's he, you know took the players again to Cancun. They're gonna be ready, but the league just got stronger, or at least deeper, and people have spent like crazy. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, I, I want to end it with this. Um. You gotta talk about the rival because the rivals just did some cool shit. This is gonna get a lot of what well, it's already got a lot of attention. Uh the rival LA Galaxy, of course, have uh they've signed Chicharito. Javier Hernandez, a very famous Mexican soccer player. <laughs> um and I love the drama it has created because it's so interesting how it's changed. This is so different. So when Beckham first came over, this was like when Beckham first came over, it was like the first time that anybody ever gave a shit about MLS. And a lot of people came out talking shit. Oh, of course, Beckham's coming here. Going to LA for the money and gonna chill out and relax. And and he really and then Beckham came over here and busted his ass and, and did did what he did. But anyway, 
Um, so, so yeah, Chicharito, who, you know, was one of these players who was supposed to be this just le legendary, legendary Mexican player who, I mean, is a very, is a legendary Mexican player already. Uh, but uh, the big, th Mexican players struggle in Europe. And I, I, again, I hesitated to bring that up just because I, I don't know why. I, I want to be completely honest. I, I have actually no clue, and I know, I mean, there's people out there that, that have probably, that have answers to that. But um, but anyway, for the most part, Mexican players struggle in Europe, and Chicharito is another one of these that was a really, really, you know, big up-and-comer player. Went to Europe, went to England, Europe, whatever. Um, and it just never worked out. And now he's signed to Galaxy. And of course, all the Liga MX fans are coming out and saying, yep, retirement league. Chicharito is coming out to retire. He made some kind of comments of, yeah. My European dream is retired, and of course, and everybody was like, "See, I told you, this is the retirement." <laughs> um, and whatever, whatever. I'm not, I'm not here to argue about any of that. Yeah, that happened. Translations are are translations, um, but here's my thing. Here's my thing. This is this is. Um, I've never, I mean, I mean, I'm judging all this from online stuff. Fans of Liga Mekis, I mean, Mexicans, I guess is is what you can say. Which, um, they, they, we, we, they, I'm part of them. Uh, I'm Mexican, but I don't follow Liga Mekis that close. Um, but of course, that's been the class league of this fucking continent for years. That is the that's around again around here, that that's what it is. And but, dude, unfortunately, for soccer purists, soccer is a business. And when it comes to business, American capitalism is. And again, I'm not trying to argue for any um, economic way this way or the other but when it comes to business just american capitalism is just so fucking it's a goddamn machine you know it's a goddamn machine of making money and it, it you know it's it's literally a money printer and so when mls kind of found its its footing you know in the you know after 2010 i think you know i, I would say Sounders came on board around that time and, you know, they, they were drawing 40,000 and people started like, what the fuck? Something's going on here. And, um, yeah. So, so when it, it, it started to get its, its financial footing. And, um, so it was like, dude, it's inevitable for fucking big businessmen 
to just be like, ooh, holy shit. Like there's there's a return here, just like it is a return on a on the huge teams that that are from Europe. Um, but anyway, just you're just seeing that and it's just like, okay, that you know, the the way Liga Mekis and, and the you know Mexican economic system in itself is set up is like, dude, if if MLS can, you know, get enough asses and seats or whatever to, to actually turn a profit, it's just inevitable that it, it would become bigger than Liga Amekis. And which is no disrespect to to, to Liga Amekis or, you know, the Mexican economic way, but it's it dude it just it just what I mean what else where else other other than soccer and I think this is where a lot of the the controversy or a lot of the, the aggressiveness of, of the like you can't take this is that um that's one of the few things I think that that Mexico has consistently been dominant over the United States in is is soccer. And I think the national team will, will the national team will continue to dominate for much, much longer than the domestic league. But again, Liga Mekis it it's been it you it uses American, you know, the the what is it? Soccer United Marketing Sum, which you know it does the marketing for MLS, the U.S. national team, and the Mexican national team. Um, it it you know it's inevitable. the The All Star Game this season, MLS All Stars versus Liga MX's All Stars. Come on, dude! It's 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 gonna happen. Um, that. MLS is going to fight at least financially be able to push around Liga Amekis. And when that happens, I mean, they're probably going to integrate, really. It's going to be a big-ass American Super League. It's going to be fucking dope. Um, but I, I get it. It's upsetting uh, to a lot of uh, Liga Mekis fans who's like, what the fuck? Like, that's all we had. That's all we fucking had. That's one thing that we, we dominated on is soccer, but the national team's going to dominate. That's what you have. That's what you'll have for a long ass time. Um, but anyway, uh, another, another proof of this, I believe is that in this winter off season, t- at least 10 players, Move from Liga MX to MLS. And I know a lot of Liga MX followers will be like, dude, it's a bunch of fucking chumps that fucking couldn't cut it here. They couldn't cut it in, in this such a good league so that they go to some bitch ass league that's going to pay them hella cash. Okay, cool. Cool. Keep saying that. And the reason why they can keep saying that, and, and what I think, again, this is what MLS obviously needs to do. You got to win in fucking CONCACAF. You got to win the Con- in CONCACAF Champions League. You have, you know, Mexico, Liga MX teams cannot keep dominating. And I'm right there 
with everybody. That That's the big proof. All this shit that I'm talking, all this money and all that, that doesn't mean shit when it comes to fucking hardware. And if if MLS can't win in CONCACAF, then all, all this really is for nothing. It's just a just bunch of fucking people making money, which is what people are going to do anyway. But can they compete? Can MLS compete? And, and that's the way to prove it. That's the way to, to show, okay, you can't say like, oh, you know, MLS spends X amount more money than Liga Mekis on players. Or, again, Y amount of players came over here from Liga MX to, to MLS. If when push comes to shove, when it comes to the pitch, uh, Liga Mekis seems keep winning, and then it's all it's off or not. MLS needs to win in the CONCACAF Champions League. And I get it. It's a month before your season starts. We'll figure something the fuck out. Whoever's in, in Champions League, well, you guess you play the top fucking five teams of USL Championship in a tournament or something. I don't know. Do something. Get your shit together. You know, and... um. But anyway, obviously, this is Football Without Hesitation, an MLS podcast. Well, I mean, not owned by MLS or anything. Fuck, give me money. I don't give a fuck. But obviously, it's slanted towards that way. But uh, come on. Come on. If you can, if you don't see that, if you don't fucking see that, there's, our, there's billionaire. People are paying 300 fucking million dollars in Jacksonville. Goddamn Jacksonville to have a soccer team. No, dude. This is, um, it's a trip. It's a trip. But uh, how about this? I'm going to end. <laughs> Actually, no, 10 minutes ago, I said I was going to end it with, well, it's still the Chicharito thing. It's still the Chicharito thing. And I, because on this podcast, I brought up fucking language shit in soccer because there's a chant. That everybody fuck or a lot of English speakers hate. And uh, I'm not going to say it because I'm not trying to round no people up. But we all know what the fuck we're talking about when it comes to soccer and the chant that they do in Mexico that people hate. Um, and I, it always bothered me because to me it's like, dude, uh, Spanish, especially the way us Mexicans use it, is so goddamn like open and, and, and like it's it, it's just so relaxed and it's such a different thing and depending on 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 several different factors one word can mean several different a variety you know a variety of things and um so i'm not i'm again the way that the uh the way the la galaxy introduced uh, Chicharito was, it was I mean fuck dude They pandered to Mexicans like a motherfucker They had um, Eugenio Derbez Doing the commentary And showing all this typical LA Mexican shit But the 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 words The actual you know what it said on Because it was the video and obviously it was a tweet So the tweet had to say some words And what it said was Imagen <laughs> Imaginemos algo chingón. 
And the thing with that, Is well, I guess uh, chingon, dude. Okay, chingon can mean uh, that's one of those words that can mean a bunch of stuff, but for the most part, chingon is not a good word. Imaginémonos. Okay, cool. Let's imagine, right? Okay, imaginémonos algo chingon. Let's imagine some cool shit. Like, um, especially in the U.S., I, a grand majority of the speakers of, again, Spanish and English, again, people that grew up speaking both, if you were to ask them to translate that, they would say, imagine some cool shit. Why the fuck can is chingon okay? People get mad about, like, damn. Like if if somebody scored a crazy goal, would the official MLS soccer Twitter account tweet out, "Damn!" with hella D's, hella A's, M's, and shit? Would would they? Would people get upset at that? Or Somebody did a hard tackle on somebody and they just tweeted out, shit. You think people would get mad? Or, but we could put fucking chingon because, and I hate it because fucking, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Chingon's not that bad of a word, you know? But it, it just trips me out how, how, why? How? How do people get to decide which which Spanish words are good or bad for American soccer? What the fuck does that mean? Who are these people? Who 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 are these? Or do we just got to get a loud enough voice before you get offended, or where it feels like you're offended? I don't know. Trips me out. Anyway, so. Imagine some cool shit, bro. Imagine all the people doing cool shit. Cosas chingonas. You know what's chingon right now? You know what's going to be really chingon? It's fucking ending this episode. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, Football Without Hesitation. I'm Oz at FWH Podcast on Instagram. Um, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to me. Please hit that subscribe button and any new episode will just show up and you can hit play and enjoy my crazy antics. Thanks for listening. Catch y'all later. Peace.